You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Inspiring women, bold vision, and powerful insights to help you use speaking to build a thriving business. This is Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. Now, for today's show. Welcome to another episode of Speaker Success Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Joining me on today's show is Gloria Grace Rand. Gloria is an award-winning SEO blogger, a certified high-performance speaker, and the owner of Web to Wealth Marketing. Now, as an internationally known leading expert in internet marketing, Gloria develops innovative programs and masterminds that enable service-based companies to create a powerful online presence that dramatically increases their leads and their sales. Now, Gloria is a contributing author to two best-selling books, Conceived to Lead, as well as Connect 100 plus mind-blowing strategies to use social media and drive business growth. Now, Gloria has also a successful Facebook group called Ignite Circle for Solopreneurs. Now, on today's show, Gloria is going to share masterminds provide a safe space for members to share their wisdom, resources, and experience with one another. We're also going to dive into how masterminds help us see the blind spots in our business so that we can take action and remedy them, as well as mastermind members hold each other accountable to accomplish the tasks that you want to get done in your business. And I'm sure so much more. So welcome to the show, Gloria. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. You mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show before we went live that masterminds was something that you are quite passionate about. And of course, you mentioned in uh, the introduction that this is something that you support your clients in launching or developing so that they really can take their business to the next level. So I'd love for you to start off by when you say the word mastermind, what do you mean by that? Define that because sometimes when you speak to a number of different people, they've got different understandings of what a mastermind is. So what what in your words is a mastermind? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I, I know I see that term a lot and, and, and a lot of times I've seen it as it's really, when I look at the what they're offering, it, it really sounds like a just basically a group coaching program. But the masterminds that I'm involved with are really going back to uh, the type of mastermind that Napoleon Hill talked about when he wrote his book, Think and Grow Rich, where it's really where you bring together a group of people who have, um, they're either in the same industry or maybe they're in different industries, but they have um, slightly different, they bring to the table different skill sets or different resources and and then you come together and uh, one person is the facilitator who's sort of leading the group but essentially one person comes to the table with a particular challenge or issue that they have and then the rest of the group helps them to you know brainstorm some solutions yes yes and that's that's the the core um mastermind concept that i i really have found to be uh, extremely powerful in not only helping my business, but in helping others as well. Yeah. So we're certainly going to dive into the benefits. And we've mentioned some in the introduction of how masterminds can really help us take our business to growth and and to the next level. But I'd imagine that putting together the right people within a mastermind group is also very important to get the wrong people in 
then you're really not going to get the outcome that individuals want as well as the group. So what are some of the things, maybe some of the mistakes that we see so that we can be aware of what to avoid and then maybe we can dive into some of the things that you know are really important, some of the steps to um, align yourself with other people to invite them into the mastermind. So let's start off with some of the mistakes that you see, common is issues. Uh, sure. I, I think I think one of the mistakes is people... Um, I guess just making it open to anybody and and inviting anyone into the mastermind without really getting a chance to talk with them and and just letting them into the group because the problem that can happen is if some people let's face it are not necessarily going to be givers and that they're not going to be willing to necessarily share or maybe they're also possibly just really shy and they don't want to be able to open up and so it's important to be able to get the right mix of people as you mentioned to be able to do that and one of the, the ways that I do that is number one uh, meeting with people beforehand and, and even doing holding up sort of informal masterminds to be able to see basically see how well people play together yes. <laughs> essentially you know in in the uh, an informal setting and seeing if they are willing to give as well as receive and then talking to them you know later separately and mm -hmm. and having them fill out an application process yeah. to be able to see because a lot of um, again how well people respond to uh, you know, instructions, <laughs> like, you know, that the, the form is due on Monday, and if they don't turn it in on Monday, and they come back to you a week later, that's sort of a red flag, <laughs> that maybe they're not taking this as seriously mm -hmm. as you would certainly like them to do, and so it's going to be, possibly, this is going to be how they're going to show up, because, mm -hmm. you know, the there, a lot of people have that saying that, you know, how you, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. And so you have to be very careful. So I believe in really um, the important way to be able to get a good group together is to make sure that you are talking with everyone, seeing how people interact and, and, and getting clear on what not only what their intentions are and how they're, how they intend to, um, perform in the group and how and whether they really do understand that it's a commitment yes, to yes and i think from that uh one of the things that i could see would be a gap then is if you're the ma mastermind uh, creator if you will uh, is there a term for a mastermind leader um, or is there uh, Facilitator is one of the more common like ones. That. I say either a leader or a facilitator. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So what's really important then I'm hearing you say is that there is a clear guideline as to what is expected of the participants, giving and taking and sharing commitment, that kind of thing. So that's really important. Is there a good number of people to have in a mastermind? Is there too many people or too less that it doesn't build the momentum that we're looking for? Well, I think, um, or at least in my mentor that I've been studying with, he usually recommends that 10 is a good number. If you start having more than that, it becomes, uh, it can be very, a uh, lot more challenging to be able to do. And at the, the other end, you want to be able to have, say, at least five or six people in order to be able to have enough of a dynamic um, where people are going to be able to uh, come together and really exchange information. Mm -hmm. And also the for the fact that sometimes life is going to get in the way yeah. and some people may not be able to make a meeting. So if you've got at least 
you know, six people in there, if one drops out or, or you know, can't make it, I mean, you still have a good group. But if you only have three <laughs> in your group and then one comes out, then you've only got two people. Yes. And <laughs> Makes it you difficult, can still get some stuff it? done, but it's going to be a little more challenging. Yeah, absolutely love that. And we know that there are so many incredible tools at our fingertips. We're speaking from the other side of the planet. We're sharing this <laughs> on Facebook as well as recording this live. I wonder if we're looking at masterminds. Are they as successful if we do it virtually using some of these tools as well as face-to-face? -face? What should that look like? Or maybe a combination of both within the program. What seems to be working best? Well, the, the mastermind that I've been in, we have had both. And, and I think that's, that's definitely the, the model that I'm um, using in my business as well, is to be able to, the great thing about working virtually is that you can. You can have people from all over the world uh, participate, but then it is good to be able to come together a couple times a year in person because then you can really deepen those relationships. You can get to meet people that you've only seen on the computer. You get to see them in person finally. And that's, that can really help out in bringing the group even closer together. Yeah. Uh, and, I've, and I know I've got a good friend of mine who has been running Masterminds virtually um, for a couple of years now, and she's been doing you know, quite well with it. Of course, having them in person you know, is always ideal because then you really do have that intimate mm -hmm. group of people that you get to see. But if that's not possible in your area, then certainly virtually is a good option. It, and if you have a way of being able to get together at least once a year yes. in person, then that, that, that helps. Works well. It solidifies, I think, sometimes relationships. And depending on where you're traveling to, I, I think some mastermind groups I've seen meet in lovely locations. And it's just a really mm -hmm. nice way to all focus on whatever the program is. And when you're in that group setting, you seem to be able to get a lot, a lot done because you don't have the distractions of what's going on around you. Yes. So I, I know that that's <laughs> beneficial too. And I know that this is going to differ depending on who the facilitator is, whether or this mastermind is part of a, a larger program. But um, mm -hmm. with the re regular meetings, do you see them working well if it's once a month, once a quarter? What are some of the things that you're seeing with how these are run? Sure. And well, and that's one of the cool things about masterminds is that there can be, you can use them in a lot of different ways. You can, you can do them uh, once a month or where you, and you meet for a long time, say at least six months to 12 months. So that, that way it gives you time to be able to number one, get to know each other, get to start knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses, which is good. But I belong to a local, um, well, actually I shouldn't say local, local anymore. They started in Florida, but they've branched out nationally now. A, a, a women's group that does masterminding at their monthly luncheon, luncheons. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that was what appealed to me in the first place of why I joined the group. And so that's another way to do it. Now, of course, you get different people each time, which uh, can be good because then you do get a variety of people and a variety of, of experiences. But I, I still prefer really in-depth work to be able to work with the same group of people over a longer period of time uh, because that I think really helps for just really forming good relationships and and being able to help and, and like I said knowing you know what this person needs versus that person and and you can really get a lot more accomplished when mm -hmm. you're meeting with the same people week after week yes um, yeah 
Yeah. Okay. I, I wondered if you were just going to add to that because yeah, I, yeah, I have got, trophy. Yeah, no, no, I have got questions coming out. I'm yeah. just uh, certainly uh, banked up here. So, you know, for everything that you've shared is just brilliant. And if you're thinking about some of the masterminds that you've seen worked really well, I mean, obviously a six month or a 12 month means that people who are going to commit to that time frame, there are certain things that you can structure each time you meet on a particular topic, that kind of thing. When you do meet, depending on whatever topic it is, is there a structure or a format that you've seen really work well that as a facilitator, we know that if we structure these key pieces in there, it's really going to help build momentum and create that space that we know masterminds work really well when you, because it takes on a life of its own, doesn't it, once the brainstorming starts happening? What are some of the right. formats, the, the aspects of mastermind that you see work really well? Um, yeah, and, and we've been in... In the training that I had done before, uh, uh, over the last couple of years, we were experimenting with some different um, different ways of doing masterminds. So, for instance, um, one thing we would do is we would do uh, a little bit of coaching at the beginning on a particular subject, and that would maybe take up the first half an hour, and then the the rest of the time could be divided up. Either one person is on the hot seat, or maybe you could have two people on the hot seat. And that can be powerful. Other other times we've done it where we've had, maybe it has been even a longer type of coaching opportunity. And then we spend the second hour where it's laser hot seats with uh, everybody gets a chance to be able to present a problem. But then, but those you really do need to have a good skilled facilitator who can move things along, <laughs> you know, and not let someone dominate the conversation. So you want to be able to keep it so that everybody gets a chance to be able to share yes. uh, what's going on and then everybody else can have a chance to be able to provide their uh, insights and ask questions and, and provide uh, help and answers mm. for them. Yeah, so it sounds in that, that instance that there was a, like a two-hour mastermind time frame where you broke that up. And I guess, again, that really depends on uh, what your program is. It might be an hour if it's a smaller group. But I think, right. and, and, and um, see if, I'd love to hear if you've got any feedback on, on this. I mean, we are creatures of habit. So <laughs> often, if we know that the mastermind is going to follow step, 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 and we keep that consistent across, uh, you know, multiple times that we meet in the mastermind, because we've created that format and people know and trust that, do you find that people then expect and they know what's coming and then they can follow that or free, flexible, that kind of thing? Which would work better or what you've seen work better? Um, you know, I think actually in, in thinking about this, I think having a set format where people do know what to expect each time, I think has helped because I have been involved in a mastermind uh, this last year where each month is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that we haven't had the same consistency with people showing up every time either. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, the previous year when we had that set format and everybody knew what was to be expected, it seemed like we were better at mm -hmm. having the consistency of the members showing up, you know, yes. still there's every once in a while, but I think it is better and so that people know that this is what we're going to do. We're going to start off with, you know, celebrating our wins and, and restating our goals. And then we get into, you know, the, the topic of the day and then get into the hot seat. And, and that way people know what to expect. And then also, too, if they know that they've got something ah, that's coming up, they're like, okay, well, 
maybe I know I can just be a little bit late, but at least I'll be there for the hot seat, <laughs> you know, because yes. they know it's going to show up. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's one of the commitments that you say to people, look, this is a commitment and you, you never know. And here's the value of being a mastermind. I've been a few, in a few too. Even if someone else is on the hot seat, when you listen to what's going on, you can tweak you know, um, information that's being shared for their particular issue to your business too. There is so much oh. learning and opportunity from what's going around you for other businesses. Have you found that to be true too? Oh yeah, absolutely. And in fact, the mastermind I've been in, that's one of the things we do at the very end is we go around and each person says, okay, this is what value I got from me mm -hmm. out of that person's hot seat. But because yeah, you do, you hear something or somebody else says something and you're like, oh man, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have that same issue and I need, I I need to write that down because that's that's something that I can use. So, yeah, yeah, it's that. absolutely so important. That's one of the great things about it. Yeah, it it sure is, and it's one of those things that we don't know what we don't know till we see and hear people discussing this, and we think, oh, actually, I was thinking about that a few months ago. Now I have got some tools or resources, or at least if I get to that stage where I'm ready to to step into that, now at least I know that there are some resources I can consider. One of the questions, and then we're going to dive in about some tips on how to create a safe space and, and blind spots and accountability. And I know this question will often come up too. And, and it is one of those answers that, well, it depends on, on the structure and so forth. But this is around charging for, for mindset groups, uh, masterminds. So what have you seen typically that, that works? Are they standalones and that they then get charged for that program? Or are they part of a larger program that they then meet? What have you seen really work well? And what are some to and from pricing structures that we can use as a gauge? You know, it's it's like it it varies <laughs> widely. I mean, I've seen masterminds where they're only charging like $97 a month to masterminds where it's, you know, $30,000, $50,000, you know, for the whole year or whatnot. It just really depends on, it depends on the value that you're offering mm -hmm. and, and and if it is, you know, if it is part of a larger program or if it's a standalone, you know, and there and masterminds don't have to be only for business too, because there could be masterminds for, um, you know, personal development work. Uh, churches mm -hmm. could have masterminds. Mm -hmm. There's there's all sorts of different ways that you can use this in your you know, professional life or your personal life. So it really does depend on if you're going to be running a mastermind. That's what you have to figure out is what is the value that you're offering your group. What are they going to get out of it? And then that's how you're going to be able to figure. And, and of course, you need to figure out how much time it's going to take yes. you as well. Because if you're going to be the one facilitating it, you, know, you need to value your time as yeah, well. Absolutely. So, Brilliant. Yeah. But, and again, it's one of those things. But I think sometimes it's good to have that conversation because then we can start to see how can it fit into a program that might be doing? Am I just going to be offering this? And really start to uh, to at least play with some ideas and then really reach out that's one of the things, isn't it? You uh, maybe develop something and then go and talk to your ideal client and get feedback in that way too. Mm -hmm. All right, let's dive into um, some of the other things that you've seen work really well around creating a safe space. Because I think as uh, facilitators, we need to do that, create an environment where people do feel comfortable and safe to share, otherwise they're not. And I think you want to create that safe space. What have you seen done that really enables that safety uh, and that environment that really uh, encourages people to step forward and, and share? Sure. Well, it, it really does. This is where it does start with the facilitator and and setting those expectations. It, it starts with, you know, right from the first uh, first meeting that you have. And in fact, you can, 
the people that I've worked with, mentors I've worked with, they come up, they have uh, a, a whole, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like guidelines, basically, yes. basically a manual, yes. <laughs> if you will. And, you know, this is what the mastermind is going to look like. This is the expectation we have for you. Mm -hmm. And so that you set the stage right from the beginning. And then during the meetings, you say, yeah, this is, you know, we do like start with maybe a grounding exercise mm -hmm. and just say, you know, this is, you know, sort of what, what is said here stays mm -hmm. here so mm -hmm. that you, we do let people know that it is going to be safe and you're not going to be just going off and, you know, sharing what you heard here, but mm -hmm. it, it really stems from the facilitator needs to set that expectation right at the, at the beginning so that everybody understands. And then, it, it does create that safe space then because then people can relax and, and you can, you know, again, it's, it's being able to talk to people and encouraging them, you know, seeing who's maybe holding back a little bit and just mm -hmm. maybe asking them questions so that they feel like, Oh, okay, it is safe for me to answer. Yes. And, and that's, that's how you can really make sure yeah. that it's uh, set the expectations right from the get-go. Something else that I, I would imagine is really helpful because you can get different personalities and different communication styles. You've got people who just are direct and they will tell you exactly how it is. And then you've got the other <laughs> spectrum of people who are a little bit more softer in their approach and some of that directness may, uh, may confront, be confrontational. And I guess that's where you need to look at the balance of the group too. But also mm -hmm. explain to people, I'd imagine, that look, there are different styles of communication. Some of us appreciate the directness, but let's be aware and open to how other people like to, to, to be communicated to and with and just um, be mindful and, and, and certainly allow for, for that. Have you seen other mastermind facilitators do that as, as well? Like share, maybe, you know, isn't there there's something that's called the feedback sandwich or something? If you provide feedback, <laughs> you say something positive, you share what can be um, beneficial where the learning is and then you end with something positive too. Sometimes just those kind of techniques really work well too, yes? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I have seen that. And it is, it's like I said, it's, it's a matter of sort of gauging, watching the room, watching how people are, are, are interacting with one another and being able to, you know, draw some of the quieter people out yeah. and, and sometimes, you know, saying, okay, you know, thanks for sharing, but we yeah. need to be able to let other people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have, have a time. And so that's why, you know, sometimes you got to be a little bit tough yeah. on the time. It's like, yes. you know, we've only got five minutes and so you know we're gonna have to cut you off and yeah, you know, it's yeah. not that we don't love you yeah. but you know we do <laughs> so funny uh, Gloria I remember an example of where we you know you go to a networking meeting and everyone has 60 seconds and uh, we had one woman and she was a real nurturer and so the sick the, the, the countdown went and she just continued and we said you needed to actually just tell that person to cut off she goes i know but i hadn't finished and so i thought i'd give them my minute and i said look that's not a very good facilitator <laughs> because she didn't want to cut that person off but that's where you really have to if you're if you yeah. find that difficult then give someone else that task to to do right. that so that you do keep to time because i think every action and and conversation we have um is going to set that continue that environment and if you are not uh, aligning with your boundaries, if you will, then people that that loses an element of trust uh, as a facilitator. Let's talk about blind spots in our business. I think too, what I'd imagine has worked really well is saying to people, look, if we call you out on things, uh, we'll do so in a really, you know, um, in in a nurturing way or in a friendly way, however you want to term that. But if we didn't do that, 
then you would remain stuck. So what have you seen work really well that allow facilitators and other people to identify the blind spots so people in the group can go, you know what, I have been struggling with that, I need to shift through that. What are you seeing works really well? Um, I think it's just continuing to ask questions and to be able to, you know, probe and, and, and say, you know, well, you know, yeah, it's, it's really about just continuing to ask questions and yeah. say, okay, why, um, you know, why are, what's really behind this, you know, mm -hmm. kind of digging deeper layer by layer, because yeah, it is, it does happen that we just, sometimes we don't see it and, and you have to have someone else being able to to say, oh, you know, well, what about this way? And, and sometimes it's just not even that deep. It just could be somebody just may come out of the blue and just say, hey, but you know, have you, do you not see that you could, you know, what if you tried something that way? Yeah. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, I never even thought of that. So it mm -hmm. could be something just totally simple or sometimes it really is something that it's, you've just got some sort of limiting belief. Yeah. And that, you know, does take a little bit more work to be able to kind of get to. And it's like, okay, so you're not making sales. What, you know, what's really behind that? What are you afraid of? You know, is it something, you know, you're not wanting to get on the phone? What is it? You, know, you kind of have to keep, keep mm -hmm. pulling at it to get to. So it's, um, it, it takes a little uh, work and finesse, but mm -hmm. it's, uh, but you can help. And, and it can be really, you know, you know, very powerful to be able to suddenly get that awareness from someone else because, you know, we, we get so close to our business, we uh, don't see things, but oh, other people, it just is like, ah, oh, it's so clear. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I think accountability, and I'd love for, um, to, to speak about this for a bit too, in that um, having an accountability partner, or in this sense, the mastermind group as a whole, is so important and can really help you shift your business forward. Because if I think back to uh, something that I used to struggle with many years ago, and every now and again it still, you know, kind of causes a knot in my my belly, is follow up, getting on the phone mm -hmm. and ringing people, <laughs> you know. And if I didn't have an accountability partner or somewhere where I've got to check in to say I did it, I would hide away and go, well, no one's going <laughs> to know that I'm not making the call other than me. What are some accountability aspects you've seen? Like you say in the mastermind, do, do they hold each other accountable that the whole group finds out or do you partner with someone? What works well? Um, I would say both and. Um, the, the groups that I've been in, we would each meeting um, assign, uh, assign everyone a buddy for that month. Mm -hmm. And so that they were expected to, you know, check in for, you know, at least a half an hour once a week. And, and that's what I've been doing for this past month. I've been, I'm having my call tomorrow with my buddy to make sure that we're, you know, keeping up with what we said we wanted to do. And then, and then coming together as a group and, and stating, you know, restating our goals and checking in and say, okay, well, how did you do with, were you able to get that done that you wanted to get done last week? Yes. last month I should say so yeah it does it makes a huge difference in being able to get to be reminded number one to remind yourself of the goals you set at the beginning of the year and mm -hmm. keep going back to them because that is the way you get things done is you have to keep them in focus yeah. <laughs> if and you just write them down and forget them about oh, them I mean absolutely. sometimes you can get them done that way mm -hmm. but it's it's much easier if you're you know really having someone keep yeah 
That accountability, I think, works really well. And something else that I find works really well is a reward uh, system. I remember years ago when I was in the career industry, we had to, as part of uh, changes in legislation, have a minimum set of qualification uh, to be able to maintain our um, title, so to speak, from a government point of view. And, and so a lot of the studies that I had to do, uh, I'd already been doing and learning through a lot of the mentors that I'd had from the US. So it was more practicality. So the last piece was me having to write an essay. It was, I can't remember how many words, but it sat on my to-do list for months. Even people from the, the school would say, ring me. And, and so I found a, an accountability partner, which was a colleague of mine. And I said, when I finish it, I've seen a new mm -hmm. handbag and I'm going to buy that for myself. Well, that thing was written, emailed, done and dusted <laughs> within like half a day and, and I was wearing the handbag the following day. So sometimes, you know, you need to look at what, what accountability and what reward yeah. and uh, yeah, that can surely fire you uh, into action. <laughs> I have absolutely loved this conversation. I love all of the conversations that I have, but I think this one in particular, I've uh, learned so much and as we can see, the, the answer really needs to, to say depends. There's some great mm -hmm. strategies that we can implement for what you've shared today that can ensure that whatever mastermind group we run is going to benefit the group, the individuals, and ultimately your business if you decide to uh, to run that. Now, you provide uh, services such as SEO, blogging, really helping uh, speakers get their message out there from an online perspective. Gloria, share a little bit about those services as well as how can people connect with you to find out more about how you can support them. Absolutely. Yeah, I love, um, I love helping, uh, you know, especially speakers and, and other service-based businesses with with their website content and making sure, uh, you know, that it not only gets found on Google, but really that people, it has the right message so that it gets people to take action. That's the, that's the important thing. That's because you can have, you know, it doesn't matter if you rank on the first page of Google, if nobody comes to your website and, and takes action. So it's, it's not going to do you any good, but that's what I love to do. And I, uh, I also enjoy really teaching people how to use, uh, how to use, well, how to use their website effectively. So I offer coaching and, you know, I'm helping people come up with things like lead magnets for their website or, or how to be able to come up with a good about us page and things like that. And as well as teaching them how to use other aspects of social media, like, like blogging or video, like we're doing here uh, and, and helping them with, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and all those, all those fun things. So yes. I, I enjoy teaching people how to do that. And, um, and running masterminds, of course, as yes. well. So you can find me through my website, which is uh, GloriaRand.com, and it's G-L-O-R-I-A-R-A-N-D.com. And of course, I'm on Facebook, and you can find me there through Gloria Rand as well. So I would love to connect with you, and if I can help you out, uh, like I said, and I've got my, I've got a great. Uh, Facebook group for solopreneurs, and I invite you to uh, check that out as well. And we would love to have you participate, and, and it's a good place for people to be able to share their, um, again, to connect and, and collaborate and, and share their opinions and, and what, what's working and what's not working in yeah. the group. Yeah, I love that. And, and um, everything that you've said, you know, around um, helping people really stand out uh, and really engage, I think, with their content and take action is so very important. And often, I'm sure you'd agree, often the missing piece that people yeah. don't really consider. 
And I think what we've just spoken about today may just be something that implemented a, a, alongside the services that you offer can ensure that your clients as they're stepping into your programs and offerings take it to a much deeper level because of mm -hmm. the fact that when they're not only learning but they're applying, they're being challenged in a very, you know, um, in, in a very safe place but allow yeah. that um, challenge to, to show forth courage because sometimes we need to step forward as courage and boldness as we're learning mm -hmm. and applying these things. So I think everything you've spoken about today is certainly uh, going to help people take their business to the next level. Thank you so very much for coming on the show. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure to, uh, to, to have you come on the show. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure getting to getting to see you and, and, and know you and being able to uh, share this information. Like I said, I, I think masterminds are an awesome, yes. awesome tool to be able to have in your, in your business to yeah. be able to help. Absolutely. Help your agree. clients and yourself. <laughs> You've been listening to Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. If you're ready to share your message in a bigger way so you can build a thriving business, get your free speaker success plan at speakersuccessgift.com.